What if we could transform the experience of being a woman chiropractor from one of constant stress and burnout, trying to juggle all the things to one of ease, energy, and thriving both in business and in life. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson Ridley. I'm a woman DC who became one of the one in five chiropractors who burn out in practice by year seven. To the outside world, I achieved the financial and business success only 1% of the profession reaches. But the reality was it left me bruised and battered both emotionally and physically. Today, I help other women chiropractors revitalize their body and practice by stepping into their unique power and rewriting the rules so that they can thrive at home and in business. What we do is far too important for so many of us to struggle and burn out. And this show brings you the conversations, lessons, and permission to be you, redefine success, and transform the experience of being a female chiropractor. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Alex. Yesterday, we you know, unpacked what it looks like to utilize a tool like disk profiles in terms of understanding your team, communicating with your team, building your team. And that was a tool that I had and utilized in practice. And today, I want to dive deeper into something that we've already talked about on episode three as part of the align aligning with your working genius in your practice as part of my heal framework that I teach. But I want to get into a little more of the nuances of what it looks like to actually bring that into business, into practice. And again, whether you are on your own in, a, in an existing team or have a business with a team, this applies or you're like in a family and have, you know, family. And so what, just as a reminder, you can go back and listen to episode three, where I get into a lot more depth of like what each thing is, but we have, it's called the acronym is widget, right? So there's wonder is the, and this, all of these are like the six things that have to come together in order for any kind of work to be accomplished. So wonder is the first one. And it's asking the big questions. Like, I wonder about this. I wonder why this, like, what if this happens? Those kind of questions. And then invention comes in and creates something, a solution for whatever the wondering is discernment decides if that's a good idea or not. If it is, then galvanizing comes in, gets people excited about it. Enablers come in and help support getting the idea created. And then tenacity is the thing that pushes it across the finish line and has it get done. And so each of us have two of these as, as I, I don't want to go totally into this again, but I'll, I'll just give the overview. So, you know, two are our zone of genius, two are in our competency and two are in our frustration and they have an energy attached to them. So genius is where we get energy and joy and flow and we're excited. And honestly, a lot of us are missing that in practice, which is part of why I love this model for just looking at how we're showing up and what we're doing and what hats we should be wearing and which ones we need to find support for. Um, two of those are going to be our competency where it's energy neutral. And then two of those are going to be our zone of frustration. And as a reminder with the first four episodes, or I guess they were the episodes two through five, there's a workbook that goes along with those that actually has like a rundown of helping you figure out some of where your genius lies. But for the purpose of this conversation, <clears throat> I want to dive into a little bit of like the roles that we have in a chiropractic practice and what, how you could utilize this tool to bring people into that role, especially when you understand yourself. And also, so we're doing this from two two places, team building, and also just understanding yourself and how you show up in practice and what things you really honestly should be focused on, should not from the like, you should do this, but should from the, 
idea of like, this is where I get energy. So I'm going to put my, <laughs> my focus there as much as possible. And this is also to say, you know, I, I recently listened to an episode by uh, the guys who created this. There's a working genius podcast. It's really great. If you like podcasts, definitely go check it out. But you know, one of the things they talked about is like, well, how often should we be in our working genius? And their take, I think it should be higher than this, but their take is, you know, you want at least 51% of your time to be spent doing things that are in your working genius. And part of where I really love this model, like I see comments a lot on in different groups that I'm in and on, you know, Facebook and other places of people sharing things like, you know, I hate doing you know, the, the exam and the clinical stuff, but I love adjusting or I love doing the clinical stuff, but I hate adjusting. And it's like, we have this lack of permission in our profession, I think, to really like certain things about it and not all the things about it. And it's like, we're expected to, you know, we have to be good at all the things we have to wear all the hats. We have to understand business and how to take care of our patients and all of that. And a lot of this comes down to where our genius actually lies. And so I want to encourage you, you know, as we're talking about this, this is like, you have permission to create, especially if you have your own business, whatever the heck you need in order to feel energized and excited and happy and you know have what I call practice bliss like where it's fun and you show up every day and you love it and it's like time stands still and you're not exhausted and you're not burning the candle at both ends and you're not just fried and you know there's a lot of pieces that go into this but this working genius model I love applying it to practice because it suddenly makes so many things make sense and we stop holding our feet to the fire thinking that we have to do certain things a certain way or that we're supposed to, you know, enjoy all the things. And when that's really actually not true. So let's, so I want to start us off with a story of, I've been reflecting on one of my worst jobs (laughs) that I had. And it was, I just graduated from college. I took a year off between uh, undergrad and chiropractic school. And I had this, you know, like major realization that my degree in comparative literature really didn't get me any jobs that I couldn't have gotten out of high school. Some of us felt this way after we graduated from chiropractic school as well. But I ended up with this marketing job. I'm using air quotes if you can't see me. Um, I was living in Denver, Colorado, and I got this job where it was 100% commission-based. There were like these team of 20-somethings, and our job was to go set up a table in front of places like Walgreens and Walmart and sell basically really overpriced toys. And I got into this job because I thought, oh yeah, marketing would be cool. Like that might be something I really enjoy. I absolutely hated it. I don't think I made it even a week. They were like 12 hour days. I rarely sold more than one thing. So I was making, you know, like a dollar an hour or something. And I learned how to make balloon animals. That was like the one cool, (laughs) cool thing about the job, but it was just awful. And rather than understanding, you know, part of what's cool about the working genius is that I can now look back on that and I'll explain like why it was so awful for me there because other people thrived. And so, you know, they tried to pair me up with the girl who was like making the big bucks, doing this thing and, you know, all this stuff, but it just never really was a fit for me. And so eventually I ended up with like four part-time jobs, one of them being as a CA in a chiropractic office and like the rest of his history. But, you know, I, for a long time during that, like 
thought I was a failure, couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, all of this stuff. And what I now understand that working genius, like, you know, put into huge clarifying context for me is that marketing has a lot to do with galvanizing and quite frankly, probably some tenacity. And there's, you know, there's other genius areas that go into that, but that's the big one. It's like getting people excited about the thing so that they want to buy the thing, right? And it's not in my genius. It's in my zone of frustration. And when I got into practice, I've been thinking about this. We're going to talk a little bit about marketing and then some of the other hats that, you know, we wear in practice. I realized in reflecting on all of this recently that how I got into practice actually set me up to be successful because I started off sharing space in someone else's office who had visibility and had impact in the community and people knew and she would talk about me because I was in her office. (laughs) And so it brought me clients and I outgrew that space because then as I started taking care of people and, you know, they had the experience of what it was like to work with me, I was big on creating an experience for my patients at the time. You know, word of mouth was how I grew and I grew quickly and I doubled and tripled for five years and, you know, moved from that space to then having my own space and having my own staff and then to buying a building, which we've all heard how that story ended up. But I didn't have to do the galvanizing and that was amazing. And so for starting this conversation off, like, let's just talk about the hats that exist in chiropractic practice and what genius you actually want there because they will be fulfilled by that and they will enjoy it and it will bring them energy and flow and it might not be you. And so for me, things like spinal screenings or having a booth at a trade show, I would do them or even going, you know, some of the things that we're taught, like go and hand out two business cards a day, all that. I would do them, but I hated it. It was like, you know, I had to physically like force myself feeling ill to go do these things. And it just exhausted me. And often it didn't produce the results that I was looking for. And if I just focused on continuing to provide great service and maybe, you know, partnered with one or two people in the community that I could get to, you know, felt comfortable getting to know really well, that was a much more effective marketing strategy. But then I, you know, would get sucked into down all these rabbit trails by different coaches of like, oh, you're supposed to be doing this or like, you need to know your exact, you know, where your people are coming from and how you're converting them and all this stuff. And all that is important. Yes. And I do believe we need some of that, but when it's not in your genius and it's just you, I'm giving you permission (laughs) to think outside the box and to focus. I'm not saying never do those things, but especially if it's, you know, hard to the point where it's not really producing the results that you're trying to get. And it's not in your genius. Like let's not put too much energy there. Right. So marketing, lots of galvanizing, probably a lot of tenacity to really like, you know, you want to do the thing and get people excited about the thing and have them cross the finish line of becoming your patient. Right. So those are, are two of the things, um, you know, in terms of someone at the front desk, like enablement, absolutely. You want someone who's supportive. We talked about with this yesterday of, you know, kind of that high S type person, but this is the same thing, you know, similar thing. Having the E there is going to really have someone just like thrive in the front desk setting. I I can't tell you how many times I and, and others that I've talked to have, you know, struggled with high turnover at the front desk because people just aren't really the right fit. And sometimes it's like me looking for that marketing job, thinking that that was something that I was going to enjoy and it's just not really in their genius. And so it's not a great fit or, you know, and it's not so much that they don't understand chiropractic or like we can educate anybody, right? Um, what we do and the importance and I shouldn't say anybody, but like everyone has that potential, <laughs> but the potential to really thrive and enjoy in a, you know, being in a role 
is something that we can't really educate into, right? Like we all have our own geniuses in that realm. Billing, that whole wheelhouse, whether you're dealing with insurance or just dealing with, you know, ideally we're all running cash-based businesses where we, or practices where we don't really have any outstanding AR or anything. But if you are still in that world, or, you know, doing the books, any of like, we have things that we have to do. That's a lot of tenacity. It's a lot of tea. It's a lot of, you know, being really meticulous and making sure that we're getting the result that we want to get. And again, that was something that was not in my genius, was in my zone of frustration that I mastered the heck out of. And just because we're good at something or understand it doesn't mean that it's necessarily energizing us, right? Like, again, if it's draining your energy, it's probably in your zone of frustration. And we either want to delegate that, so building out a team to help support those areas that are not our genius, or come at it in a different way where we can, you know, do things more from our genius in that realm. So looking at all of that, what I haven't talked about are, are the first three, <laughs> the wonder and invention and discernment. And, you know, I've shared that for me personally, my genius actually lies in invention and discernment. And the biggest way that that came through was in how I approached patient care in my office and adjusted. And so, you know, invention and discernment combined is like super creative, no structure, like, I like to make up new things and create stuff all the time. It's part of why we're doing a podcast. And it came out, and I shared this on the previous episode, you know, it came out in how I approached care. And I would also make myself wrong for that. So this is, again, where we have permission to live in our genius. Was there anything wrong with how I did care? No. Did I have a very successful business? Absolutely. Did my clients stick around? Yes. Did they follow a structured 12 week, three times a week, you know, then two times a week, then one time a week plan? No, <laughs> because I'm very intuitive. And I, you know, I really had a, a less is more approach to care. And that's just what worked for me. For someone who's highly tenacious and has, you know, more of that, like wanting the clinical stuff. This would be like a clinical person I, I would see is probably having some tenacity. Like you want to track the thing and have the you know results and check the things off the list. That's, that's a, someone who's very tenacious. Designing care in the way that fits you, and you're gonna you're gonna gravitate towards techniques and all the things that fit into that genius. So allow yourself to be there. We all have permission to practice how. It feels good to us and we are going to, like there's billions of people in the world. We're going to attract the people who also gravitate towards and feel good in that setting and we're all helping and we're all doing things well. So I just want everyone to understand that. And like the wild card <laughs> in all of this is because, you know, I pulled like one genius type for each role and each of us have two, right? So everyone's going to be a little bit different you know, strengths wise and personality wise, like your genius actually has nothing to do with your personality. There can be a, I'm an introvert and a ID. And so how that comes out is very different from someone who's an extrovert and an ID invention and discernment. And you just like, you, we want to become aware of ourselves because <laughs> especially as we like, create roles and find people to fill those roles and all of that. We really like in an ideal world, how you would structure your team. And this is what I'm doing with my, my business currently. Like I teach this stuff and I'm also actively <laughs> employing it and, and living it is filling in where 
your competencies and your frustrations so that you have people in those roles. Like I shared the story of, um, her name is Ashley, but the, the girl who we transitioned when I saw her disc profile from being at the front desk to more doing billing, because that was where she thrived. And she probably, you know, if we had working genius, she would have been tenacity would be, would have been one of her. And so when you start to fill those roles with people who actually like enjoy doing that, you know, and, and not make the assumption that I don't like it. So nobody's going to like it. And it's just something that I have to, you know, bear the burden because I'm the business owner. Like all of that is, is crap. right? And so we want to really start to understand ourselves on a more, in, in a deeper way and understand that, because what I really love about this is like, there's permission for you to not have to have all the answers wear all the hats, be good at everything and enjoy it because that's just like, that's not reality. And in the world of chiropractic, we have way way too many hats (laughs) and there are so many moving parts of, especially if you own your practice of that. And when we can really start to understand that, you know, I think we have the ability to shift so much of our experience for ourselves in practice, for the people who work for us, for our patients, for any associates that we bring on. The other thing I wanted to hit with this is, you know, if you are in an associateship and I've seen, I was, I was talking with someone, you know, who's considered getting, considering bringing on an associate the other day. And I asked some very specific questions because we have to be clear on like what the intention is with that role. And if you're in one of those roles, you want to be clear on what the doctor's intention is or the owner's intention is for the role you're filling. Because if they're bringing you in to do all the crap that they hate, and it's also stuff that you're going to hate because of where your genius lies, like it's a lot of, you know, do all the marketing and do all the day one exams or, or whatever it is. And that was the other thing in my genius. I never did day one, day two stuff. I always adjusted on the first visit because that is what worked for me and being really intuitive in how I approach stuff and using my discernment. I wanted the data of how they responded to care and what the adjustment was like for them and to give them the opportunity to decide if this is something, you know, I, I, one of the things I struggle with, this is a bit of a tangent, but from the approach of never adjusting on the first visit, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Like just take this on and and try it on for yourself (laughs) is that we're basically having people commit to a program of care without actually knowing what it is. Like they don't test drive the thing first. So I always adjusted on the first visit and that was part of why, because we both needed to decide if it was a good fit for us. Um, And I like to see how they responded because that was part of what informed how frequently they were going to come in for me. So that just total side note with this <laughs> and starting to understand all this and like in the role of, of an associate, you know, if you are a doc who has an associate or you are looking for an associateship, you want to be clear on what the expectations are. Like, are you mostly doing exams? Are you going to bo- mostly be adjusting? Are you going to be doing a little bit of everything? You know, the associates that I brought on, I, again, because I'm creative and intuitive and in all the things, I didn't require them to do things exactly the way I did or to, you know, only do day one like exams or any of that stuff. We actually worked opposite schedules and like had this nice flow and were different enough, you know, some patients gravitated towards one of us or the other. And like, I had a kind of a loose cohesiveness around that. And for the most part, it worked. There were other things that didn't work. And we're going to talk in depth about associate stuff um, on other episodes, but, you know, using this model (laughs) to understand yourself and how to best support yourself. So where I was going with all this kind of roundabout way is, you know, in an ideal world, you could have a team of just 
to people. And some of those could be tools. Like sometimes there are tools out there that aren't people and, you know, having to hire somebody that can fill the, the holes with where your competency and frustrations are. And, but in an ideal world, like I would have, you know, someone on my team who is good at galvanizing and tenacity <laughs> and also at wonder and enablement. Cause those are the, the four that don't really fall in my, my genius. And why do you care? What's the point? Because when we're constantly showing up in our frustrations and even in our competency, we don't have any energy and joy in what we're doing. And we all should have energy and joy in practice. And I think it's why we have such high burnout rates. It's why I burned out. You know, I talked on the previous episode, I led from my zone of competence and most of my daily activities were in my zone of frustration <laughs> and I didn't have this framework to understand. So this is why this is so important. And I want to, you know, just kind of share with you, A, you can download that workbook if you missed the first few episodes, it, it goes with that and um, going through the heel framework and gives you a place to start just understanding where you're working geniuses. The table group who is who created that also have an assessment that you can take for $25. I also, as part of what I do, come in because I am really great at invention and discernment. I come in and help practices understand this, understand your team, implement some of this, shift things where you need to so that you as the doctor and really everyone in your organization, culture, team, you know, if you've got one and even just you on your own can start to implement this and just have more energy and, and restructure and reorganize things so that you are fulfilled by what you're doing every day. And also have permission to let go of a lot of the crazy stuff that we think we have to do, or, you know, spending all the money on coaches that aren't really fully aligned with your genius and are giving you a bunch of stuff that you don't want to do because they don't feel good. Um, and I'm going to share more on episodes, you know, how we brainstorm some of this stuff as well. But that is available to you. So the workbook can be downloaded at Revitalize DC. That's R-E-V-I-T-I. I can't spell today. R-E-V-I-T-A-L-I-Z-E-D-C.com backslash heal, which is H-E-A-L. And if you're interested in exploring some of this and what you know, implementing this would look like in your practice and also feel completely overwhelmed by it and want, want to just look at, you know, having someone who understands it and can come in and help you with that. That's something that I do. So the easiest way to connect with me on that, I don't have any landing pages built or any of that, but you can send an email to dralex at revitalizedc.com and just say, hey, I'm, you know, curious about this. I'm not going to hard pitch, sell you anything. We'll set up a time to meet and just, get clear on what your specific situation is. This is something I do with individuals or like couples, as well as, you know, if you've got a team of anywhere from three to 15 people, we have a process that we go to through, including doing um, assessments to really get to know like what you have on your team, where you're, where there's maybe holes and how you can start to move people around or restructure or do something to give yourself freedom and energy and excitement again in practice. So both of those are there. Hopefully this made sense. This is kind of a roundabout thing, but you know, it's really the disc that I shared yesterday. And then this tool are two things that make a significant difference in your experience of building practice and of how you decide 
without stress, like what things you focus on, where you need to put your focus, who you need to hire, what roles you need to hire for, and all of that. Because if we can do it in a way that serves to allow us to live in our genius more often and gets us out of the things that are frustrations, especially, then we have a recipe to really be happy and successful and fulfilled and all the things in practice and to continue for with longevity to bring this to the world, which is something that everyone needs. Everyone, everyone, everyone needs like it's need from uh, the Lorax is one of my son's favorite books. But on that side note, we will see you on the next episode. Again, you can download the worksheet at revitalizedc.com backslash heal. And if you're curious at all about exploring some of this, just send me an email, dralex at revitalizedc.com. All right, bye. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I'm on a mission to help the chiropractic profession heal collectively from the limiting beliefs and broken business models that plague our profession and lead to high rates of burnout. I also believe that women are the ones who are going to do that. I can't do it alone, and so I have two quick asks. One, if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to leave a review and share it with a colleague. This helps the message reach even more women DCs around the world. And second, if you're a Facebook user, Join me in the Chiropractors Healing Collective, which is a place for us to come together for more support and to heal both as individuals and as a group. There we engage in discussion and many of these episodes are actually streamed live so that you can participate and share and get support around many of the topics that we discuss on the show. I appreciate you and I look forward to joining you on our next episode.